What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Video Game Mythos Podcast. Thanksgiving is past, and with it comes the end of November. That's right, this is the last November episode. And while I know that's not significant to you, let me tell you something. It means absolutely nothing to me either. That being said, though, it has been two weeks since we've cooked you up a nice little video game backstory. And while you guys are probably all sick of turkey, ham, and mashed potatoes, I'm here to serve you up something you are probably so hungry for you can't take it. That's right. It's a little bit of lore. A little bit of juicy character backstory and lore. And I'm not going to take a ton of your time here before we get into the episode, because let's face it, you all know the drill at this point. You have a video game character or backstory you want us to crack open? Hit us up. You can find Video Game Mythos on his social media, whichever suits your fancy. And you can hit us up on our parent company, 13 Palm Trees, on any of their avenues as well. Or you can send a character or story that you want us to review straight to our emails, michael at 13palmtrees.com or ryan at 13palmtrees.com. Who do you think does it better? It's not a contest, but let's face it, it's me. So, without further ado... Let's climb into the saddle and wander into the beautiful backstory of Team Ico's masterful hit, The Shadow of the Colossus. Just listen. Some would say it's simply emptiness. Others would say it's torturous. I like to think it's just what it is. Just the wind blowing through empty space. Filling your head with the idea and concept of time. Time that is left unfulfilled. The span of reflection resonating through the echoes of the entirety of your life, your choices, influencing the rise and the fall of every ripple in the pond of eternity. At what point does the sound of nothing become too much? At what point does the world's conjecture of acceptance become unbearable? What does it take to break the mold and defeat something so set in stone? so perpetual that it is second only to eternity. One can only wander, and it is here our story begins, with wonder. The Forbidden Land although there is no confirmed reason as to why they are forbidden in action and not only in name. As the spirit of this podcast perpetuates, we will dive into a bit of that lore. As Lord Emmon says in the opening to the game, that place began from the resonance of intersecting points. They are memories replaced by ends and knot and etched into stone. Blood young sprouts, sky, and the one with the ability to control beings created from light. In that world, it is said that if one should wish it, it can come, it can bring back the souls of the dead. 
but to trespass upon that land is strictly forbidden. It is unknown whether or not Dorman, a deity whom we will discuss momentarily, or other circumstance, attracted people to the forbidden lands in the first place. But it is made apparent that the culture's memory of these lands is special. And for the sake of this theory, we need to assume this inherent quality in the land was the influence of Dorman, as there is nothing that could indicate one way or the other, aside from the line from King Emmon, and the one with the ability to control beings created from light. It is also made apparent that over time, a religion was founded or based around Dorman, whether in reverence, outright worship, or some other arrangement was made with Dorman as a deity. After the initial settlement of the folks in the now forbidden lands, great structures were built as they can be seen today in the game. The Shrine of Worship stands tall and proud in the center of the land, but tucked away across the map are other large stone structures of varied designs. Numerous prayer shrines can be found atop these, which allow Wander to save his progress, and their design fits with the religious nature of the shrines and other structures present. While it is pure conjecture to assume that there were other buildings in the world, it can be assumed that other structures were made of less value or sturdy materials than these holy places of prayer as to differentiate between the significance of these buildings as the religious structures were made with lasting materials to symbolize the persistence of faith and its importance to the land's inhabitants. Given the variety of structures, it is likely that each one served a specific function, but given that we were already speculating, it would be compounding theories to further guess. Eventually, something happened. To say exactly what happened would also be baseless speculation. Except that over the course of the events, Dorman's power was split into 16 pieces, trapped within the land, and the people ended up fleeing. With a lack of people and the threat of an ancient evil plaguing the grounds, this place became known as the Forbidden Lands. And this is no small area. The Forbidden Lands is a vast expanse of open plains, narrow passages, large deserts, and thick forests. But for its vast size, the land is barren. And the only thing that roams the land are these massive colossi, these organic, building-like beasts. So Wander, the main protagonist, rides across a long bridge on his horse, Agro, entering the Forbidden Lands. Wander carries an ancient sword he's stolen, the only weapon capable of destroying the colossi of these foreboding territories. He also carries the lifeless body of his love, Mono, hoping to find a way to resurrect her in the place that he must not go. As Wander enters the land, he is pursued by wraiths, which he cuts down with the sword, and in doing so, a great power stirs, and a god addresses him. The sword that Wander carries, keeping with the lore-heavy game surrounding it, carries a story of its own. The sword was used centuries ago to seal Dorman away in the Forbidden Lands. Wander, having knowledge of the raw power of Dorman, stole the sword to enable the use of the Forbidden Spell, or as it is referred to in-game. 
After Wander lays Mono down on the altar and fights off the wraiths that chased him, Dorman reveals himself. Dorman is taken aback by the fact that he wields the ancient sword, maybe due to the fact that he was able to vanquish the shadow creatures, but that is speculative. After learning that Wander wishes to revive Mono, Dorman strikes a deal. If Wander can destroy the idols that stand in the Shrine of Worship, then Mono can be revived. There is a catch, however. The idols can only be destroyed by slaying their incarnations across the land. The Colossi. Warning him of the heavy price beyond that of slaying the Colossi, Wander agrees and rides off on his horse, Agro, to complete his objective and save his love. Now agreeing to terms with Dorman, to know the origins of his name draws severe interest, as there is not more fitting name to this god. Dorman is possibly a misconjugation of the word dormit, which means it sleeps, or play on the Latin word dormio, which means sleep. Dormiens is the present active participle of Dormio. Dorman's power remains locked away in the Forbidden Lands where he rests in the shrine waiting to be awoken by one who possesses the ancient sword. Thus it can be assumed that it is intended that Dorman refers to themselves as the sleepers or the sleeping. Dorman is a proper conjugation in Catalan, a heavily Greek and Latin influenced romance language. It is a third-person plural present subjunctive, as well as a third-person plural imperative form of the word dormir, to sleep, depending on the context. It could also be the composition of the Latin dormio in the word min, which depending on the etymology could either mean less, or a memory, or to remember. So one could speculate that additional translations of Dorman's name result in the sleepless, or without or without sleep, a sleeping memory, or even the notion of sleep itself. The most plausible theory, though, Dorman is Nimrod backwards, which could possibly refer to the biblical king Nimrod, who was said to be the originator of false worship. Nimrod was to be credited with the creation of the Tower of Babel, a tower which led mortals into forbidden territory, the territory of God. King Nimrod's death resulted in his body being cut into multiple pieces and dispersed, similar to the parts of Dorman's soul being held within the Colossi. Now, another speculation. Given that the many possible roots of Dorman's name deriving from sleep and the fact that Dorman is able to bring souls back from the afterlife, seeing as Wonder asks it to return Mono's soul back to her body and not return her to life, one could determine that sleep in this case is referring to eternal sleep or death. Thus it can be inferred that Dorman is in itself death with control over souls and the afterlife. It had its power separated and entombed in the forbidden lands so that death could not manifest itself unchecked in the land of mortals. On the back of Agro, Wonder takes off and using the illuminating power of his ancient sword he is able to track down the Colossi and one by one topple these beasts to their demise. And this is no easy feat. And the word feat has a couple of meanings in this context. Obviously the challenges that Wander faces are huge. 
and in the face of adversity, and out of nothing but love for his dearly departed, nothing seems too large of a task, but at what cost? When Wanderer kills a colossus, several black tendrils escape from the fatal wound and into Wanderer. The tendrils cannot be overrun, and can even go straight through solid objects if necessary. When Wander absorbs the tendrils, he blacks out and is later returned to the Shrine of Worship through mysterious means. And with the death of every Colossus, Wander's skin becomes paler, his hair darker, and a dark streak grows across his face. The beginning of the physical sacrifice of saving his love. After the death of the Twelfth Colossus, it is revealed to the player that Wander is being pursued by a group of warriors led by Emin. Urged to hurry with his task by Dorman, Wander soon heads off to defeat the sixteenth and final Colossus. On the way to his confrontation, he travels on horseback across a long bridge which begins to collapse as he is halfway across. At the last second when it seems he will not make it, Wander is thrown to the other side by Agro before the horse falls into the distant river below. Soon after, Wander goes on to defeat the final Colossus as Emmons' company arrive in the Shrine of Worship to witness the last temple idol crumble. Wander appears back in the temple soon after, and the signs of his corruption readily apparent. His skin is clammy, his eyes are milky, and a pair of tiny horns have sprouted from his head. King Emmon orders his warriors to kill the possessed man as he approaches Mono, and finally falls once stabbed through the heart by one of Emmon's men. There you are, sacrificing your life, and someone has taken yours. However, a newly whole Dorman takes control of Wonder's body and transforms into a shadowy giant. While his men flee, and Lord Emmon casts the ancient sword into a small pool at the back of the temple hall to evoke a whirlwind of light that consumes Dorman and Wander, sealing Dorman within the temple once again. After fleeing with the bridge connecting to the temple collapsing behind them, forever isolating the forbidden land from the rest of the world, Emmon expresses hope that Wander may be able to atone for his crimes should he have survived. Back in the temple, Mono awakes and finds Agro limping into the temple with an injured hind leg. Mono follows Agro to the pool in which Wander and Dorman were pulled by Emmon's spell, finding a male infant with tiny horns on his head. She takes the child with her, following the horse to higher levels of the Shrine of Worship, and arrives at a secret garden within the shrine as the game ends. Your character made a hard choice, one that cost him everything to see the love of his life return to him, and you as the player make the choices on his behalf. And as a player there's a rhyme and a reason to the flow of the video game, but the foundations of the story that this beautiful game is built on lends way to some of the most powerful, moral, twisting choices in video game history. A common misconception in video games is that since you are the player, you are the protagonist. Shadow of the Colossus and the story of Wander bends the bounds of what that means, and from a certain light, what a noble fight is. Fighting, no matter the cost, to save the life of a loved one, 
but when you reach out and shatter the bounds of eternity for the sake of selfish desire, the reflection you cast on the world often has a dark tone. Wonder fought to save the love of his life, her soul, but in the process, pledged his allegiance to Dorman and took the lives of 16 innocent colossi that roamed the Forbidden Lands and ultimately his own life. Some might argue that the colossi exist solely to contain the remnants of Dorman and are powered by the fragments of his spirits, but there is no doubt, given the individuality and character displayed, that they were more unfortunate conduits who existed outside the bounds of their internal prisons. Shadow of the Colossus stands to this day as one of the single greatest works of video game mastery due to what choices are left to the player. Was Wander doing the right thing? Was Dorman evil? Was it worth it to kill the Colossi? Were they innocent in all of this? So many questions are left to you, to the player to make, and ultimately the decision to kill, the decision to save, and the decision to do what is right or wrong is left to the player. So, just listen. Some would say it's just emptiness. Others would say that it's torturous. I like to think it just is what it is. Just the wind. Blowing through an empty space. Filling your head with the idea and concept of time. Time that is left unfulfilled. The span of reflection resonating through the echoes of an eternity of your life. Your choices influencing the rise and the fall of every ripple in the pond of eternity. But what if you could influence that eternity? What if you could reach inside the bounds of eternity and reconnect with a lost piece of time? Would you? Even if it meant your own life? Even if it meant the lives of innocence?